I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's going on, everyone? Hey. We're back. We are starting a cult for you to join and become a part of our family. That's, That's Grant Brad Key over there, and I'm Jake Wallen. We have Georgie. We have Georgie today. Georgie, Georgie also say hello. Also known as Matt. Hello. Yeah. It's yeah. Me, Jake. Yeah, he's fucking back. He's ready to party. It's been a while. It's been weeks. It's been too long. I think it's been since the demonic possessions. You know, wasn't that at your house? I don't even remember recording that one, to be honest. <laughs> Georgie makes us come to him now for us to have him on the show. I don't remember a lot of things. All right. <laughs> it's it's been a crazy week, huh? It's been fun. Oh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're back. We're doing, we got another series for everyone's ears. Something this we a, haven't done in a while, actually. This it's is like, a very unique series, I would say. It's also very strange and uh particularly dark you're gonna learn a lot of things yeah we haven't really talked about the fact that there might need to be a lot of uh warnings in this one because there were warnings in uh in ed kemper right i don't know we had some warnings in there uh yeah. this one it's this, here now. all right so right now i'm just gonna do it this is an overarching warning for the entire season uh series season? actually <laughs> the season no the series um uh it's gonna be gross yeah, so that's today, pretty much it. It's going to be real gross. Today we're going to talk about Albert Fish, uh, the gray man, the werewolf of Wisteria, whatever you want to call him. Uh, it's a very unique case. Um, he is not a serial killer by any means. No, not under the uh, actual the, definition yeah. of a serial killer. But um, He's a serial rapist and sadomasochist who just, I mean, let's face it, he led a very interesting life. Yeah, and uh, if you want the if you want the dirty, dirty, dirty details, we're gonna build the anticipation, okay? Because we're not doing we're not throwing all this at you at once, you know. Yeah, I can't give it all away at once. That's uh, that's that's just bad business. We'll sprinkle it in, but it'll uh, it can be a two part series, I think. Probably it might stretch into three. I have not finished uh, the source that I am utilizing. Yet, so I do not know where it's going to go. I have not received my version of that uh, source in the mail yet. Oh, really? But really, uh, we have some stuff today to no, talk about I for Mr. A, Albert Fish. I actually have a lot of definitions, too, that I'm going to utilize later, so you'll, you'll see. 
I have two specifically that I didn't know before uh, recently, and I'm not like happy I know them, but it's it, it's more knowledge, I guess. Yeah, no, he's you know what I mean. He's all around. Um, we'll just give you this. Uh, he, um, I'll just tell you this. We're, well, I mean, well, obviously, we'll get into it later. Uh, he is the suspect in about five murders that took place during his life. And um, we'll we'll tell you how we got there. How about that one? Let's we'll, do it. We'll, let's we'll just let's lead it up. We'll tell you how we we'll got there. We'll bait the hook here. He was born in the most evil place in all of the world, and that is Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. That's true. He, he was born there. What is that, uh, more child abductions than anywhere else in the country, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that'll be a, a precursor to something we'll do in the future. He was born on May nineteenth, eighteen seventy, to Randall and Alan Fish. There Randall and Alan. That's it. Uh, that's is all it, we got it's for the Ellen. episode. That's <laughs> it's what I said. Ellen. That's what I said. You pronounced it weird. I said Alan. I thought you said Alan. No, no. I thought you said Alan too. There you, you go, like are, an Allen wrench. Man, you guys are fucking. I'm gonna. I don't know. You're wrong. You're wrong. I think you I'm are. Gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill someone. I don't think you are. But no, yeah, it's Alan. It's not. It's not Alan. Uh, he did not have homosexual parents that birthed him. He did not have that. Would have been fine, but yeah. There's nothing. Not that there's anything. Nothing wrong is wrong with that. With that but it, uh, uh, given the time, I don't think uh, society would have liked Seinfeld that. reference. 1870. Come on. You know, there you go. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong. Not with that, that there's anything wrong with that. But yeah. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. He was an American uh, serial killer, pedophile, and. Uh, Another thing that we'll leave for later on uh, that you'll see. But uh, he had a bunch of nicknames, too, right? He had... Uh, yep, we he got was, the Werewolf of Wisteria. He was known as the Gray Man. He was known as the Brooklyn Vampire. Uh, the Moon Maniac. And even the Boogeyman himself. Yep. And uh, some people refer to him as the Dark Man. I don't know why, but... The Gray Man and the Dark Man? Yeah, I guess that's just the fine wine that you could just pick whichever you can side just, you're you on. You can just have either one. You can pick whatever you want. Yeah. 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 He brutally murdered and uh, did something else to at least three children. He was convicted of doing this to at least three children. And uh, that's what he got caught for. But uh, it's speculated that he may have uh, molested up to a hundred different children. Yeah. In his, uh, in his time of... Uh, Activeness. It, well, it's hard to pin down because it's like, I mean, nowadays you can kind of look into it more and you can find more details, but there's no way you would know this in the late 1800s, yeah, early exactly. 1900s. Yeah. There's just no way. And it's actually kind of weird about him. This is a true crime thing. Like, we haven't mentioned that outright yet, but um, no, this he's is like, fiction. yeah, he's, oh, it's fiction, eh? I wish it was fiction, to be honest, but... uh but no, he actually falls into four different categories of different kinds of killers when people come in to categorize people like him. Uh, he was a visionary killer, which meant like, oh, God told me to do it, like that kind of killer. Uh, he was also a missionary killer in that he killed some of his victims uh, to prevent them from growing up and being like harlots or people of ill repute, like that kind of thing. That was, that was another excuse he had. And he also was a power-slash-control killer, which meant he just liked having the power over people, and that's probably why he chose children to be his victims more often than not. Yeah, most likely. And uh, he was also a hedonistic killer, meaning that he got uh, grand uh, sexual gratification from doing it. 
No, that. So he fits into four different uh, archetypes of of ch- of like uh, killers. If you ask me, that's definitely the top top oh, of the list. For sure, the sexual gratification. His, his sexual gratification and means of getting it, which we'll get into later on, are wicked. Uh, they're borderline like. I'll tell you this. Science fiction. It's, it's some nuts. shit that you will not find on Pornhub. I'll, I'll make you that You'll have right to go now. on the dark web, probably. No, there's other websites that you could find this on, I, I bet. This is a side of you I've never seen. I, uh, I mean... What, uh... No. No. <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, that was uh, the camera I've man. had these extensive talks with David about this, and uh, we've both seen some things that are... Just absolutely terrifying. And I don't think they're as extreme as where we're gonna go, but they can they can duke it out with this one. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. But well pornography that's to is, think about, I guess. Pornography's <laughs> fiction, you know? There it's it's not I mean, they're doing these acts, but it's like I'll explain more of They later. would never occur in the situations. But, yeah, uh, it's at not hand. it's not what's going on in Porn's in a this. lie. It's not happening like it's happening in yeah. this universe. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he was born in Washington D.C. on May nineteenth of eighteen seventy, to Randall and Ellen Fish, right? And uh, so Randall, he was American English. Uh, he was American with English ancestry, right? And Ellen was uh, of Scottish and Irish uh, ancestry, and she was also American. Uh, the father, Randall, was forty-three years older than the mother. He was seventy-five when Albert was born. Damn. And the mother was 32 years old at the time. That's badass, dude. You definitely had some money or something. Something. It was actually said that the family, it was they were like pretty well off, honestly, because they had like a history in the New York government. Um they had like positions in New York government. Mm-hmm. So like they were they were pretty well off and they had like a name for them. Name for themselves, you know. But uh yeah. Uh, on both sides of the family Actually, uh, there were psychiatric. They had a psychiatric history of uh, of uh, extreme psychopathology. On bo- in uh, within two generations, they had seven cases of extreme psychopathology. Oh yeah, basically. And, it, yeah, uh, he had an uncle that suffered from uh, mania. Mania, which I just think is funny because it's like it's a very antiquated term. But it's just like, but you know, it's like, the, it's like the 1800s at this point. So it's like, yeah. All right. Essentially, if you want to know what it is, it means that mania back then was declared that you have an elevated level of energy and arousal and a heightened overall activation of senses. Sounds like so yeah. you're an extremely. It's like so you're if you have coke, mania, you're like you're like you're either on coke or you're just a woke individual, like one of those types of things. No, he, it's more. It's more like coke. Like this it's dude probably just, he's coke. rearing to go at every turn, dude. He wants it here and there and up and down the square and fucking all over the place. Just consistent coke up and down the square. All right. Oh, I was talking about like pussy, but that's you know, same thing. Oh, boxes. You were you were thinking two dimensional boxes are three dimensional. What? Grant. What is I'm so I thought lost. you were saying pussy. I don't I don't know what you're saying, man. Either way. Either way, Albert Fish changed his name in his teenage years because uh, he was born Hamilton. That was his first name uh, that he was born with. It was Hamilton Howard Fish. Hammy Howard. Yeah. And uh, in his teenage years, he changed it to Albert because he wanted to escape the childhood name that he hated so much, which was Ham and Eggs. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm. think that's a bad nickname, would you? No. Yeah, it's really fucking stupid if you ask me. You don't like ham and eggs, Georgie? I mean, I like ham and eggs, but if that was my nickname, I'd be a little upset. He, uh, yeah, he, Albert was the name of a dead brother that he had, and he decided he wanted that name instead. So he just took it. I suppose it's better than uh, ham and eggs. It does kind of play into that Prince Albert in the can joke. They could probably make something with that, right? And Prince Albert, he's uh, been having some trouble lately, hasn't he? Probably, yeah. yeah. Wait, that's his name, right? I don't know, man. The guy. I don't know. I don't follow royalty of of today. Who gives a shit no, about that, like the, monarchies? No, of the today. guy that just got everything stripped away from him for. Oh, that guy who did coke when he was sixteen or something. No, he was fucking the little girls on Jeffrey Epstein's island. That too. Andrew. Prince Andrew. No, I'm All sorry. right, thank you, Mitch, over on the couch. Albert, not Andrew. Andrew, or Andrew not Albert. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. I yeah, he's not a back. good guy. I'll well, he's that. no longer Prince. He's just Andrew. He's <laughs> just Andrew, the shithead. You all are right. nothing but Andrew. That makes now. sense. But uh, all right. Believe it or not, it's going to get weirder than what <laughs> it's going to get weirder than Prince Andrew on Epstein's Island. It is. It's going to get a lot weirder. <laughs> but no, uh, so supposedly Albert Fish's father. He died uh, five years after Albert was born. Of a heart well, attack. Well, yeah, because he was fucking 75 yeah. when he was born. So he was 80 when he had this heart this attack. This is fucking the 1800s. There's no way that that wasn't, like, <laughs> astonishing that he was he 75. Was pr- he probably made some local news uh, headlines, right? And he was like, this guy is old as shit. It was his Look 60th at him. birthday today, and he's married to a 20-year-old. Yeah, it's like, Jesus they Christ, probably, this guy is amazing. They probably gave that guy, like, a medal. Yeah. I would. I would hope. But, uh, yeah, apparently oh, the only thing that Albert remembers of his father uh, is his face and the fact that he used to call him a stick in the mud. That was his nickname for his child, Albert, uh, stick in the mud. Stick in the mud. Which is terribly metaphorical for I've been uh, called some worse. future things we're going to be talking about. I've been called a lot worse. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't do this. But I guess I'm still young. Uh, you are young. Well, You're a young man. Change. We're all young people. What are we all twenty three? Are you twenty three, Georgie? Yeah. Georgie is twenty three. You got to talk closer to the mic, man. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very nice. That Albert so wet depressing. his bed. He wet his bed throughout. Oh, shit, <laughs> little shit. Well, that's probably why he was a goddamn stick in the mud. There you go. He wet his bed uh, frequently from his young age, uh, from her young age through his teen years, right? But, uh, you know, I said his father died, right? His father died after five years. And uh, after his father died, Albert was sent off to an orphanage by his mother because she couldn't really afford to keep him around. Yeah, because she was fucking 27. Something like that. She, I don't did, know. Did she, she was, just wanted to get laid. That's she was a she young was who kid liked the older guys. She wanted to get laid. Do you want to know what the name of this orphanage was? Yeah. St. John's Orphanage. Sounds awful. That's the township that sounds, we live in. That's terrible. Isn't that just crazy? Uh, yeah, so uh, he first discovered here at this orphanage that he enjoyed screams. Right? Like screaming or hearing people scream? Yeah. Yeah, that's both. right. That's right. Yeah, both of those things. Uh, when boys well, Realistically, <laughs> it's probably more hearing it. Probably, but also... Uh, we'll get into it, right? Same thing. Either way, man. When boys would misbehave at this orphanage in particular, they would uh, be whipped 
uh, on their bare asses while they were positioned towards the other boys so that they could see the the like uh the afflictions paddle. like yeah the paddle and all the uh the injuries that they would get from this that's old school shit dude that's from like nuts. when they'd whip the slaves and stuff you know like in front of everyone else so you to, like, know set, uh, yeah it's the same way as this one it's like they want you to know what's going to happen yeah to you. nuns would whip these boys bare game. asses while they were like reciting scripture about like sin so that's crazy but he found uh Mr. Albert Fish found that he really that enjoyed this. Shit this shit got his dick hard. He enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. He, In conclusion, uh, I'm aroused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came to enjoy these events, uh, as well as the sexual assault that he would undergo from the bigger and older boys, separate from the uh, the actual authority of the orphanages, uh, you know, hitting them. Uh, he, would, uh, he would get sexually molested by the older boys. Well, yeah, definitely. That's what happened. Definitely, really, <laughs> definitely. Well, that's that's, what, that's, that's what's gonna I happen. guess that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, Albert was seven when he first had his uh, experience of sexual drive, and it was during one of these uh, whipping sessions. Oh yeah, he was seven years old. I like his uh, the way, just the way he like remembers this uh, place is so funny to me, dude. He, it's like I'm gonna give you the quote. No, yeah, do it. It just says, quote, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where I got started wrong. We were unmercifully whipped. I saw boys doing many things that they should not have done, end quote. That could have been a quote about anyone's childhood if you kind of break it down. Yeah, but the problem was he enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, he really did. It's literally sadomasochism. Dude, he enjoyed these things so so much that he, he like later in life when he was talking about it, he described himself as a man of passion, right? Uh-huh. And he has a story from his time in the orphanage that he kind of uses as a, as a metaphor for him being a man of passion. He said that apparently one day some older boys caught the a uh, an older horse like on some like land that was uh-huh. also a part of the orphanage. I'm bourbon. And um they they like tied it to a fence at the bottom of this hill, right? And they dipped its tail in kerosene, lit it on fire, cut the rope, and just let it run. Right? Yeah. And he said, this is, this is uh, the man of passion and motion. This is basically me. I am the horse, and his lit tail is my passion. No matter how much I run, I can't escape it. It is a part of me. But I am going to run with my passion. It, 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 it just, it's me. Oh, like yeah. That kind of thing, basically. Usually, when someone talks like that, it, it means they're unstable. At least this might, right. that might be <laughs> okay, the case. You know what? I'm gonna, that might be the case. I'm not positive. I'm going to tell you this one right now. You want to tell me that this isn't unstable? Okay, this is. I'm. I'm. Get ready. Strap it in, boys. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> so by uh, by 1880, uh, his mom had a job, and uh, she was able to take him out of this orphanage. Yeah, right? he was about nine years old. Yeah. So in 1882, he was 12 years old, and uh, he became friends with one of the local telegraph boys, right? And they would hang out, and honestly, this was the typical saying of, like, oh, back in the day, you know, we learned about sex by, like, playing doctor with, like, people we liked. Yeah, and, like, we learned it on the street from boys we knew. Essentially, that's what happened here, but what they would do is they would go in back alleys when this kid would get off work, 
And uh, he would teach these things to uh, Albert Fish. And uh, these are the definitions. Uh, he taught him... Let me find the pronunciation here. I just had it. So is it urolagnia? Uh, urolagnia. 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 And that means uh, drinking piss. That is, in common terms today, you might find this uh, as a golden shower or... No, that's just bathing in it, man. He is as the as the internet tells me. Uh, you will find this on pornographic websites under water sports. Fantastic. And uh, <laughs> so he learned that they would pee into each other's mouths. Yeah, and drink it, and uh, it would sustain them. And then they would practice something called coprophagia, which is eating feces, eating poopy. And yes. typically, this is. Uh, Fucked uh, up. Well, yeah. In, in a lot of no, it's perfectly fine. In right? a lot of situations, uh, eating pit, uh, shit is a little bit different than the piss, right? That's what I'm here to understand. I would say there's a drastic and difference. No, between no, no. Those what two. it is is yes. they. A lot of it comes from animals. That's where it begins. So they just get like curious at a young age and begin eating shit that they find like in the street. Ah, uh, like dog. Dog. This poop. is not how it started with Albert Fish. They would purposely hold their poop in for days at a time so that they could poop into each other's mouths. And it wouldn't be like on the floor and they'd eat it. Like they would they would squat over the other person and poop directly into their mouths. It's a nice bonding moment, right? And then uh, when this began to be Georgia a little... Georgia can't handle this right now. <laughs> when, this, when this began to not be enough for him, when it couldn't sustain his arousal... He would go to the bathhouses around the town. Yeah. And he would, I mean, he'd watch the boys get undressed and stuff. And then eventually he found himself hiding in lockers and at the age of 12 and 13, masturbating to men shitting in the toilets. Yeah. Yeah. He would go to the public bathhouses pretty often. Like, that was his, like, weekend thing. He would spend his entire weekends there. He could, he would go there whenever he could on the weekdays. These were his teenage years. Yeah. And uh, then it started once when he was 14. What he would do is he would find women that have their addresses in the classified uh, newspapers. Yeah, because a lot of times people would be like either looking for like partners or they would be looking for boarding it's or like something Tinder, like that. It's the Tinder of 1890. It was the physical Tinder of 1890. And he would write to these women... And he would say things that I will explain to you a little bit later when we get into more of the letters. But they were very horrifying. I could promise you that. Horrific. Very bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, this was bad. Yeah. But luckily, he gets out of this, right, for a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, apparently uh, around um, the age of 20 in uh, 1890, uh, he moved to New York, right? Uh, he moved of. to New York, sort of, and uh, became a prostitute, uh, during which time he frequently raped young boys. Let me clear, clarify this. He was not a prostitute. He wasn't at all. He would accept his, money. His payment was sexual gratification. He would accept money to have sex with other men that were underage or barely legal. And at the time, he called himself a prostitute, but... Uh, the the source that I'm getting a lot of this information from is uh, the book Deranged by, by Harold Schechter. Schechter, yeah. And uh, the way he talks about it, he makes a lot of sense, and he says that this is typical 
uh, for this time period that he was a gay man and more than likely a pedophile. And he used he was a pedophile. And, he he did that. And he used prostitution as an excuse to live out his sexual desires. There you go. Yeah. And he did this uh, for here. Let's see. About eight years in New York. Uh, until about 1898, uh, when Albert's mother, uh, so he was about 28 at this time, right? His mother arranged for him to marry a woman named Anne Mary Hoffman, uh, who she was nine years younger than him. And they ended up actually having six children named Albert Jr., Anna, Gertrude, Eugene, John, and Henry Uh Fish. I'm, and, uh, but he, he didn't stop molesting though. Uh, no, I'm gonna. He didn't stop that. I'm gonna tell you this. I want you all to batten down the hatches, Jake. I know you know what's coming. I do, Matt. I really need you to get ready for this. Um, okay, not. okay. So this is uh, this is in ni- 1898, right? He was a house painter, and uh, he would continue just molesting any child he could find, uh, typically under the age of six. That was his sweet spot, I guess. And actually, while he was a, a house painter. You know how house painters usually have like overalls on, uh-huh. right? He was one of the house painters who would only wear overalls. So he had nothing, literally nothing underneath them. And he tended to work in places where there were a lot of children. Oh yeah. yeah. So he it was kind of an easy access thing for him to just have overalls on and nothing else. It, it was kind of like a, a a stealthy move, I guess, on on his Yes, you're right. Yeah, stealthy rape. It's not good, but it's what it was. So he's doing this. um, He took up a male lover, and uh, this was when he became fascinated with uh, the bisection of a penis. Oh, is this uh, Thomas Kedden? No, I'm going to get to that one next. Don't worry. This is a couple years down the line. But he was fascinated by the bisection, which if you don't know what that means, it means that you would split the penis down the middle yeah. and be able to see both sides of it as it's Yeah, wasn't open. it? He went to like a wax, uh, mm-hmm. like human anatomy museum yeah. display. And um, from there, he became very obsessed with sexual mutilation. And then in 1903, he was arrested uh, for grand larceny, and he was convicted and sent to Sing Sing Correctional Bless Facility you, in New York. Um, so he's in prison. Now this is where I need you guys to really understand that this is going to get bad. No, it's uh, this is here's a, a reference to my warning earlier. Oh yeah, the year is uh, it's right around 1910, and he is uh, in Wilmington, Delaware, and uh, he meets, on a job oh, painting yeah. a house. He meets a 19 year old man named Thomas Kedden, and uh, he took them back to where he took Thomas back to where he was staying, and they began uh, what would now be like a like a BDSM relationship. Yeah. A very, like, you know. And uh, they it, it's pretty unclear, as we never will get the evidence, if this was forced upon Thomas Kedden or if he wanted to do yeah, this. Yeah, but the thing about Thomas Kedden was he was 19 years old, but the thing that drew uh, Fish in was the fact that he looked, r- like, drastically younger, and he also had a severe, like, mental handicap. No, yeah. So he had, like, the mental capacity of a child, and he basically brought him into this three-week-long, like, sadomasochistic uh, sexual extravaganza. Yeah. So they're doing this, right? Ten days roll by, and Albert takes Thomas Kedden to uh, an old farmhouse that he knew of where he began to torture him. And uh, 
This torture took place over two full weeks. And what happened was Fish uh, actually tied up Thomas Cadden and cut off the top half of his penis. Yeah. And, it, it was uh he didn't cut it completely off. He cut off half of mm-hmm. the top of his penis. Yeah. And but it, it didn't like just start there. It really kinda escalated. It was it began as like role play oh, and, well, like yeah. I mean, that kind like of thing. Like and just random and just, you know, like spanking and like that kind of thing. But then when he took him to the farmhouse it got way more intense. Uh he start, he began to actually torture him and he would tie him up and yeah. Yeah, this one particular moment, he tied him up, got him hard, and took scissors yep. and began to cut off the tip of his dick. And yep. halfway through the screaming, apparently, even though he loved it, Mr. Fish, he he loved screams, uh, he couldn't take the screams. Yeah, uh, years down the line when this information came out, uh, he Albert Fish was quoted as saying, uh, I shall never forget his scream or the look that he gave me. And then um, he kept doing that, and uh, he kind of got tired of it, and then he started to get worried because the hot weather was really kind of starting to draw attention as it would kind of start to smell a lot. What do you mean? I mean, this kid is cut open and bleeding, and he's tortured. But it wasn't necessarily, like, it's never necessarily been proven that he was killed. No, 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 I know that. Yeah. But he was afraid that they would be found. Okay. Because of this. Just I because mean, of the, the, where the stinkiness they were, at least what of I'm, hot bodies? I don't know where exactly this is, like, geographically. I know the town. It's in Delaware somewhere. But it, uh, the way Harold Schechter talks about this one is that it was a very, like, tight-knit community. And when it was, I mean, once the weather got nice, uh, you know, all the kids would be outside and stuff, and they'd go exploring. Yeah. And at least what Albert Fish was afraid of was that, since he had kept him there, it's been about 15 days now, and there's a lot of whipping and blood and screaming, yeah. that he feared that there would be a smell or an odor that would come from the barn yeah. that would draw the attention of people that are Which just kind of hanging sense. out. For a uh, completely insane and terrible person, he has some reasonable concerns about what he does. Mm-hmm. So what he did, um, Fit, uh, Albert Fish brought a bottle of peroxide to the barn the next day, poured it over his open penis, wrapped it in a Vaseline-covered handkerchief, and stuck a $10 bill in his shirt pocket and kissed Thomas Cadden goodbye. Yeah, and I actually I actually looked it up. Uh, $10 uh, back then in 1910 is the equivalent to $258.02 today. There you go. So that's like a that's a that's a that's a pretty good hunk of change. Right? And then yeah, Albert Fish uh, not he, enough he, to cut off half my deck, but he hopped on the train and uh, he went back home to New York, and uh, he never heard what had become of Thomas Hedden or he or Kedden, and Ken. he never tried to find out because yeah. he just didn't care. Yeah, and that that's the kind of thing he would do when he was out uh, painting and holding down a a wife and six children and. Uh, it it uh it isn't because of this particular situation like his his wife had no idea his wife did not find out about this like particular scenario but albert's wife left him mm-hmm. later in uh in it was 7 years later honestly so she she hung in there for a good amount of time it was 1917 uh she left him for a handyman that was boarding in their uh in the fish residence named john straub yeah and uh supposedly 
this left Albert, because she abandoned the entire family, this left Albert as the sole parent of the six children. And when she left, apparently, Albert claimed that she took nearly every possession that the family owned, and Albert began to have auditory hallucinations because of all the stress that he was under. And it probably wasn't solely because of all the stress he was under, because he seemed a bit unhinged before that. Uh, and throughout, it gets kind of worse. But Yeah, no, it's... It gets uh, extremely worse. But apparently, there was one inci- incident where, uh, uh, referring to the auditory hallucinations, where his daughter, uh, she came downstairs one time uh, during the night to get like a glass of water or something, and she found her father, Albert Fish, uh, wrapped up in a carpet. Like a burrito, yeah. you know, like like a taquito, something like that. And uh, she just kind of, she kind of just like went scooted past him, and uh, she went back to bed. But she woke up, and then went downstairs to find him just then unfurling himself from the carpet. So he, <laughs> so he he like stayed in the carpet all night. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. and, but why? <laughs> why you ask, because Georgie? John the you Apostle get closer to the microphone, to man. Do it. Yeah, supposedly John the Apostle had ordered him to do that. This that would be epic. <laughs> Roll yourself like a taco in the rock. Yeah, Sleep yeah, that's it. what happened. You, all night. <laughs> you got it, John. You got it. But yeah, so that was a that was one example of the auditory uh, hallucination. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. So, <clears throat> it was also uh, around this time that Albert began uh, practicing self-harm and self-mutilation pretty regularly. Um, one thing that he would do, uh, that there's some pretty crazy shit about this. Uh, he would press needles into his pelvic region and abdomen. Hey, Matt, come here. I have the x-ray pulled up. Would you I, like I to see? see no. no, no, you got to get closer to this x-ray to That's actually see. an x-ray of his pelvis. So this is, so what you're staring at, Georgie, right now, everyone else look it up to uh, Albert Fish's pelvic x-ray. Uh, it is an x-ray of it. 29 needles lodged in his pelvic region that he would uh, kind of just insert through his uh, his taint. You know, the area between the ball sack and oh, butthole? Yeah. No, it's called the nacho. The nacho. Nacho ass I've heard grundle, taint. I've never heard nacho. Nacho ass and nacho balls. Damn, I love that. All right, all right. I'll accept that wholeheartedly. Uh, but, yeah. You think that's weird? You think that's weird? Uh, he also had a paddle with nails through it that he would use to spank himself uh, and mutilate his genitals. There was actually one point where um, his son actually, uh, came, like he heard some like strange noises from his father's bedroom, Albert Fish's bedroom, and he opened the door. It was kind of like left half open. It was like, you know, it was closed, but it wasn't completely closed. He opened the door and he saw his father um, uh, with his, his, uh, his member, his Johnson in his in one hand, and in the other hand there was the paddle that had the nails in it, and he was just uh, he was just uh, smacking striking down it. on it. He was striking he was, it like a match. He was tenderizing the sausage, if you if you feel me, and uh, and each time he would do that, he would uh, let out a little yelp, which was the noise yep. that he heard. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty That's much, yeah. I feel like it was probably something like that. I don't know. What do you think, Georgie? It was probably like, mm, yeah. Oh, and 
then really hurts. No, that's not a yelp. <laughs> and then like, mm, ah, yeah. Do you remember like uh, the like office it? where uh, they're doing like the training and Creed smacks? Yeah. Uh, What's your name? Uh, Meredith. Meredith. And he runs. I feel like that was the sound. It was made. just like smacks her on the head, and he's like, "What?" Yeah. And then he just runs out of the room. I feel like that was. Yeah, the sound yeah. That... It was something probably like that. But yeah, that's something that his uh, his son. I think it was. I think it was Albert Jr. Yeah, that witnessed it was. that. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, supposedly uh, he he actually later uh, someone found the paddle later on uh, in like a cabinet. And the little uh, the the nails that were in there had little bits of gore hanging from them, because he would use this to spank his ass as well. Oh, he would enlist he would, uh, uh, his children's friends to yeah. spank him with it. He too. he never. That's one thing that like people always say. Like he never abused necessarily his children. He never touched them. Yeah. But he did very much encourage them and their friends to uh, spank him with this paddle with the nails in it. Oh, and he emotionally scarred them. He very much did. He also One other thing that he would do that I just have to mention, um, he, would, <laughs> he, would take, uh, he would take like bits of cloth or bits of uh, uh, like wool, and he would soak them in lighter fluid, and he would stick them uh, inside of his anus, and he would light them on fire. He would take the, he would take the wool and shove it. Up his ass. And, <laughs> and shove it up your butt. <laughs> and shove it up your butt. Stanley. Hell yeah. But no, yeah, he would do that and light it on fire and kind of prance around. Another thing that he would do, uh, supposedly, he would buy roses a lot. And he, he without taking off the the, uh, the thorns, right? He would, obviously, he would, uh, he would stick them up his urethra while being completely nude in the mirror. And uh, he would kind of just prance around. Yeah. So So he was a florist in his own right, I suppose. There let me let me tell you this one. Okay. So we know that he was suffering from psychosis. We know that he was having these visions from the Lord. And uh the Lord when he was asking his children's friends to beat him with this bloody paddle full of needles, it did not scare them away, but there's something he did that scared them away for good. And that was the friends, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were... Yeah. Albert, <laughs> I remember Albert the story. Albert Jr. was outside playing with his friends. He was playing football, I think, yes, right? Yes, they were tossing around a little football. Yeah. And they noticed some weird, like, moaning and screaming. And they walked uh, to the edge of, like, this field, right? And there was a big rock uh, in the center, like a giant boulder. And Albert Fish was standing completely naked You're gonna on the boulder. You're going to love this, Georgie. With an erection screaming that God had chosen him to do his work he on said, Earth. I think the exact uh, thing that he was repeating was, I am Christ. Yep. I am Christ. Like, he just kept repeating it. and Well, he was butt naked <laughs> on a rock in a field. I want to hear your thoughts You know what? I think I'd be more comfortable seeing him do that than getting smacking his junk with a <laughs> nailed paddle. You gotta get your priorities straight. <laughs> you do need to get your priorities straight, but I do understand. I wouldn't want to see either of those things. I really don't know how they level up on on a scale. Um, it's not good. It's not good. But apparently, uh, <laughs> what was it? Was it Albert Junior Fish uh-huh. that experienced this? Yeah. Uh, supposedly, he uh, just kind of 
He didn't, actually. It was just so normal to him at this point because he he was completely raised by this man. His mother left. Uh, Albert Fish, he supported his family. He he took care of them. He never drank. He never hit them. He especially took care of the girls because he apparently thought they were very, like, pure, you know, that kind of thing. But, like, the boys were just whatever. But he never touched any of them. Well, but, it's, it's really so the perfect was, situation. Think justify of this no, man. No, 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 man. Think of it like I'm this. not justifying it. He does. You'll see later on that I, I could never no, justify what to, this guy does. You got to think of it like this. You but he was an okay it, father. You're looking at it all wrong because you guys don't see the sweet side of being his kid. Okay, so let's say you have like an abusive father, right? Who's yeah. like he gets mad quickly and wants to like hit you or yell. You could abuse him all you want because he doesn't want to hit you. He wants to hit himself. So you could just piss him off and he'll just go fucking beat his dick with nails. And you're, nothing will happen to you. Your dad will leave. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> dad, I ate a cookie before dinner. He's like, God damn it. You he goes bitch. and just smacks his dick full of nails. He just goes <laughs> and lights his asshole on fire. <laughs> he just lights it and runs around the house like, you see what you do to me? You see what you're doing to this look, family? Look at me, kids. I'm a road flare. <laughs> you know that I love this. <laughs> you sons of bitches. I hate my wife. He would call it 4th of July year-round, and he would just light his ass <laughs> on fire and run around. You know he had to shave, too, because there's no way that you would like Oh, he your, had to shave, dude. You'd never light that on fire. No, yeah. There, hair. There's something that we'll talk about probably later on the next episode where uh, he is completely shaven. Yep. He shaves himself completely. But uh, one of the last things, I'll, we'll probably wrap up this whole, like, uh, this part of the whole... Uh, oh, I got some more. I got some You more. do? Oh, I got some more. All right. Well, one thing I would like to mention right now is at the, around the same time that he was doing all these things and self-mutilation and all this stuff, and he was raising his kids at the same time, and they were just kind of uh, just kind of playing it off. Um, he was getting into... Uh, he had this like sort of obsession with the idea of cannibalism, right? And uh, to kind of like satiate this like this idea that he had and like his obsession with it, he started preparing entire dinners where it was just made up of raw meat for both him and his children. Yeah, well, you got to practice. You, you got to practice, right? You got to work your way up to that kind of thing. I don't think I could eat a person. Even cooked if I wasn't used to eating raw food, you know? That's why I eat sushi so much. Yeah, no, I Because anything it. is possible. Anything could happen. Um, yeah, so Albert Fish, he chose uh, mentally handicapped or black people as his victims. Yeah, because he thought that they wouldn't be missed by society, which... Well, let's face it, at not, that time they... ...is not entirely be. incorrect for the time period. So this is, uh, in 1919, he stabs a mentally disabled boy in the head... In Washington D.C. when he's back home. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, how old was this boy? Th- uh, I believe he was eight years old. Eight years old. There we go. A little two years above his normal, uh, normal, normal target. He did a lot of uh, what Michael Jackson does or did. Uh, he would pay local boys to uh, bring him other children that would be not noticed. It, that reminds me a lot of Garavito too. A little bit. You know, he would just he would kind of have people bring him. He was just like, hey, bring these boys over uh, here. He used the same weapons all the time. Uh, he called them his implements of hell. And that would be a meat cleaver, a butcher knife, and a handsaw. And those were his weapons of choice. It kind of sounds like Art the Clown from uh, Terrifier, the movie. You remember that was that? his name? Art the Clown, Art yeah. The, 
That's you didn't, re- dude. He wrote his name, name in that in that uh, that pizza place's bathroom uh, in his own shit. Oh yeah, in Terrifier. Yeah, I remember. That's a great movie. Everyone should watch it. But but uh, uh, in any case, uh, in on July eleventh, nineteen twenty four, Albert Fish ran into eight year old Beatrice Keel, and she was playing uh, alone on her parents' farm in Staten Island. And uh, he offered her some money to come and help him look and gather some rhubarb. And uh, when she was about to leave the farm, her mother came out and saw this and chased Albert Fish away. And uh, he came back later that night uh, to the barn, and he tried to break into the barn and sleep there. And uh, the father, Hans Kiel, saw him and forced him to leave. And then uh, during this time, he realized, I mean, he's 54 at this time. He realizes that uh, he is suffering. Well, he doesn't realize it. But he starts suffering from psychosis, and he believes that God was commanding him to torture and sexually mutilate children. Yeah. So this is where it begins. He attempts his first test of his implements of hell on a child that he had been molesting for a few weeks named Cyril Quinn. There you go. And uh, Quinn and his friends were playing box ball on a sidewalk when uh, he walked up to him and said, Hey, kids, have you eaten lunch? When they said he ha- they hadn't, uh, he invited them over to his place and was like, You know, I'll make you kids some sandwiches. How about that? And uh, while the two boys were wrestling on his bed, uh, they dislodged the mattress and slid it. <laughs> I feel like there was a few steps <laughs> between and, coming over for lunch and wrestling on the bed. And uh, Well, he wasn't involved. It was, they were just kind of having fun themselves. Uh, he was the kids the were just uh, putting themselves in this situation. Yeah, right. and uh, they moved the mattress just enough, and they found his implements of hell. And uh, they freaked out and ran out of the apartment before he could grab them. Yeah. And, um... Okay, so <laughs> during the mid to late twenties, we're gonna I'm gonna go back to these letters, okay? Yeah, the letters uh, they're a big part of this guy's story. The, no, 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 not these letters. The ones that he would send to the female women that were looking. All for the letters mates. he ever wrote are a very large part of this guy's lore. And he would write into these classified ads, and he would say, essentially, that he is not particularly interested in sex that he would like to pay these women a fair sum of money for them to have a full stomach, a full bladder, and urinate and poop into his mouth while whipping him, stabbing him, and he even asked one woman to slice open his penis. There you go. And uh, He, he, would know, get a he knows bit, what he wants. He would get a little bit he more really, vulgar. Uh, yeah. He would say that he thought about taking nails and... Uh, roping them together and putting them in his ass to puncture his ass. Unlike, uh, yeah, I mean, well, his ass hasn't taken enough punishment What with the the flaming rags and the uh, multiple needles, the 29 needles that they found in his pelvic region, not including the ones that had been in there so long that they had deteriorated. So there were more than 29 in there. They had just been in there so long that they just they just disintegrated within his uh, his uh, biological uh, uh, form. There. He would he would request that these women uh, stay anonymous, as he would do the same, and that he would take care of them and or their children if they had any, in uh, replacement for them mutilating him and hurting them, and if they would like to get paid more money, he would do the same to them. And he would tie them up, 
He would stab them, poke them who's, with who's knives. Who's them? The, the women. The women? Okay, I was just making sure it wasn't the children. No, no, he wasn't that ridiculous. He didn't know. I mean, he wasn't going to put that out He would have done it, but he wouldn't have put that out there. Um, yeah, he was more... He was not interested in sex as much as he was just pure mutilation of himself and the people around him. From That's which, what got him off. Yeah, from which he got sexual like gratification. Yeah, and he... Um, I feel like he'd really like cock rings if he was around now. Oh, he would have... Oh man, he would he would have loved uh, just going into one of the stores today, Lovers Lane, Spencer's, Spencer's even. Yeah, he'd be at the wrong section. He'd look be looking at the lava lamps and he'd be like, "This is a great dildo," <laughs> and like he'd be like, "No, no, 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 sir, you're in the He's wrong." Like, no, aisle. that stuff's in the back. He's like, "I think it's right here. I want this one. I think this lava lamp would do great in my anus." But yeah, so he would do a lot of really not cool shit to himself, but it was okay because that's what he wanted. Because you know what? It's himself, and it it really isn't anyone else's business, uh, and until he involves other people, and then it's a it's a terrible crime. Um, in February of 1930 in Waterloo, New York, uh, Albert Fish, uh, got remarried to Estella Wilcox. Yeah, that's another thing. He got married, like, a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. And he had many children, even with all these, like, sexual, uh, hang-ups, I'll call them, I guess. Yeah, and then, um, he had actually... They divorced within one week of becoming one married. One week. Because... <laughs> He was arrested uh, for sending an obscene letter to a woman who had answered one of his advertisements to become a maid, and mm. she reported that letter to the police. Uh, and so he's trying to live out the modern porn life. And what they did uh, in 1931, he was sent to Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital for evaluation. And this is where we're going to stop for the day. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to dip back in time just a little bit at the beginning of next episode, and then we'll move forward a little bit more, but I... Yeah, we haven't really gotten, even gotten into the crimes. We're just kind of giving you like a, a whole scope of who this guy is and what he's into, and uh, I think that's that's probably enough for the first episode, I think that's right? really all you need. That's all you need to, to be in the right mindset for next week, because next week is going to be Gross. at least four or five more times uh, fucked up. If you guys like, it's going to be gross. What were the episodes? It was like the Toy Box Killer, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. It's going to be probably the ones where I read uh, quotes and things. Yeah, I'm going to be reading a lot of those next week. You are. It's uh, it's going to be pretty astounding. Uh, I I feel like uh, the 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 content of next week's episode is going to be probably leaning more towards the Toy Box Killer, but it'll have some Ed Kemper situations in there. I feel like it'll also be a lot more upsetting. Because it will be very upsetting. Uh, this, this doesn't spoil anything of what's going to happen. It's with kids. It's not with adults. Yeah, as, as you as you very well know, this guy molested a lot of children. Um, yeah, yeah. He's not a serial rapist because it happened once. Okay, like, it's fucked up what this guy did, but the fact that it's in the context of like his main uh, 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 preference was was children. Yes, no, definitely. That, that was. is far more upsetting. Than a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. This might be our most like fucked up thing. Depending on who you ask, this might be the most fucked up thing that we've talked about on this podcast. And it's funny. Coming next week. It's funny. No, no, no. It's funny because... <laughs> it's not funny, Georgie. This you don't a, think it's funny? This is a really solid preparation. I don't know if the you guys... I don't know why you would know this because it's not like we share this information. Uh, we have 
actually come out with an itinerary for the next uh, long while. No, yeah, we have, we have come. a good uh, we have a good lineup of uh, topics that we're going to be doing. I mean, I would say, and I have we're going to make it till at least mid February. Mid February at, right at least, but I will say because I have gotten a lot of suggestions for topics lately from people that have gotten into the uh, podcast that I'm close with. I want you all to know that uh, those suggestions are not forgotten. They're going to be gotten to. But we just, we just, But on. we just have a few things that we're going to be doing beforehand, I'm and making, it may take a while. I'm making a call out right now. You can't stop me. Yeah. Jeff. 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 And I'm doing this one for you, okay, buddy? Jeff, this is all for you. We heard your suggestion loud and clear. And Ashley, his lady friend, who is an amazing person. Oh, is it the same suggestion? No, it's a different suggestion. Oh, well, I'm only talking about the one I've that told I you know. about this suggestion, though, and you were like, mm, okay. Yeah, it will like be one of those. our next series of events. It would, yes, I Jeffrey. I would say probably right after Christmas, I think, is where it'll fall in. Right around then, uh, mid-January at the latest, I Yeah, say. definitely. So that's what we're going to be dealing with. What did Siri just say to me? Georgie. She didn't get that. Siri's a bitch. She's listening all the time. Uh, yeah, but I'm, anyway, I'm done. Yeah, we're, yeah, I'm done also. This is Grant uh, signing off. This is Albert Fish, part uno. Part uno. This is also Jake Wallen over here. That's Grant Bragg. And this is Georgie, also this known is Georgie, as also known as Matt. Matt. Yeah. yeah. Matthew, Matt. James, George Fitch. You just said my... You motherfucking... You're out, dude. Now everyone knows everything you've said. <laughs> Matt George Social security number 743-827-9421. It was one digit too many. <laughs> yeah, but they're all there. They're all there. Find you just out gotta figure out which one it I is. Added. Yeah, and see if you can spell Georgievich. But, uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, 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 Al- hey, Georgie. Georgie, give us a Seinfeld exit. No one's gonna help me. Forgot how it went. That was bad, but we're gonna keep it. Jesus. All right. Well, uh, follow us on all the shit. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, email us startingacult dot uh, at gmail dot com. Startacult at gmail dot com. Startacult. It's startacult at gmail dot com. And uh, we're on Patreon. We're on all that stuff. We don't get emails. We don't. We uh, you guys should send us some emails. Maybe just a period, uh, something like that. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, we are starting a cult. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.